Super. All right. Thanks. All right. So let, let so let's talk about this because this this statement that we just read four times is is uh, out of context. And so I want to I want to bring the context to us this morning. Um, so last week we we started talking about prayers that God answers, and and we talked about three prayers that God loves to answer. Uh, the 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 first one is. Oh, I've already lost lost my notes. Uh, use me, uh, because God loves to use us, and uh, and then make me like Jesus is, and then restore me. Uh, that God wants to restore our soul. Uh, there are so many things that have been beat up in this life, and one of the things He wants to do is actually that's part of making us like Jesus is is really restoring us so that we can have face to face relationship with God, and so. Um, I was thinking about these things, and 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 I prayed them a number of times because these these are the prayers that we come back to, uh, because the the passion that we have for the the Christian life is I I'm not just here you know to show up to church you know thank you thank you guys for you know you get gold stars for attendance today uh, you know I don't know I don't know where the rest of the class is that kind of thing uh, but it, it but it's because in your heart you're like, you know, use me, God. I want to be. I want to be part of what you're doing in in the kingdom, and uh, everybody else. You guys, are, I, I'm sure, you, as many people are watching online or will watch later. Uh, we have that same thing, uh, because I think that's that's the thing that took me over the edge as as a new Christian was I realized that God didn't just save me for heaven, but He saved me because He wanted to see how how He could change the world through my life. And not in, in some big way. You know, a lot of times, you know, it's like, I want to be Billy Graham or, or some, you know, some famous, uh, preacher. Uh, most of the famous preachers really don't, don't fare well. There, there's very few that finish well, like, like, like Billy Graham or Jack Hayford. Uh, most people that have an outs, uh, a large outward presence in ministry don't finish well. Uh, which is very unfortunate because, uh, um, because one, that I think they think that, that that is the essence of the kingdom is having a lot instead of the essence of the kingdom is a seed. It's not having a lot. It's, it's imparting a seed to someone and seeing it grow, um, exponentially through people rather than through, uh, styles of ministry. Um, it, you know, not the, you know, I'm not, I'm not making any statement about those things. I've just noticed now, uh, after uh, many years of ministry, that more, I, because I can see how God has used, you know, a, a singular me to touch the life of someone. Someone gets saved, and then they go there, and people have planted churches. You know, we've planted churches all, all over. We, you know, the church we planted in Hawaii, that, that one went to the Philippines and Japan and, and other places, and then that, those people went to Australia, and, you know, and it, it all just started with somebody sharing the gospel, uh, or using this ministry, and then watching God do exponential work. And I always say, you know, God does the counting in heaven. If I consider today, uh, you know, it's like, oh, how many people came to church? And is, you know, that my, my, uh, ego would rise or fall on that. It's like, no, how many people did God use in the kingdom through the ministry that God has, you know, just touches lives? And, uh, it's, it's too many to count. 
It's, you couldn't put them all in, in, in a stadium. And because that's the way Jesus did it, right? Every time Jesus got a crowd, he would try to preach them down, right? And he would always end up with just the disciples. And then he'd say, are you guys going? You know, and he's like, well, where would we go? You have the words of life. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you noticed that, but, but every time Jesus got a crowd, he, he, he did. He preached them down. You're going to have to drink my blood and you know, eat my body. And they're like, what? We're out. You know, he's like, no more, no more food for you. And they're like, okay, we're out. Uh, because a lot of pe- people uh, are fair weather believers. Uh, and and it, it's it that that's the thing that does sadden me, but even fair weather believers are used by God in many ways um, that I'm not even aware of. Anyway, all that to say, use me, make me like Jesus. Which is uh, how many are exactly like Jesus now? Uh, you know, you, if I'm walking with Jesus for like 10, 20, 30 years, you're like, I ought to be closer. Uh, <laughs> But it's a prayer that God still loves, loves to answer. And so when we see stuff in our lives that is unbecoming of Jesus, we can say, Lord, make me like you. Make me less of me, more like you. And he will. And I mean, I, I, could, I could tell you about seasons of my life where there were just character flaws on the inside of my brain. And I, and I prayed and prayed and prayed. And then one day I realized, you know, I don't think that way anymore. Like the God had healed me without me even knowing because I didn't, because I stopped praying that prayer anymore. It's like, what happened to that prayer? You know, well, you asked and I did that. And then, of course, you know, the, the mending God wants to do is a constant process. Uh, we were born into a broken world, into a broken family. How many know that? I know no matter how good your family is, uh, I always say there's a difference between Jendi's family and mine. She, she was born into a Christian family. But even Christian families have problems, right? Yeah, even Christian families have problems. I was born into like a total sinner's family. Like, I mean, they're, they're like, full on, yeah, woo, we're sinners, you know? And the whole line of them were sinners. Uh, and, you know, that's, that, that gets imparted to us. And so Jesus wants to work that, that out in us. And, and part of the process of being a Christian is, is saying, Lord, uh, you know, Make me, you know, mend me and forgive me because often what happens is I end up participating in, in stuff because of my family of origin. All right, that was last week. And you can watch that uh, in 20 minutes on double speed on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> that's actually out there. But anyway, as, as I was thinking about this, I, I was thinking those, those three elements are part of... Uh, what we're going to talk about today, because Jesus does this teaching on prayer, which leads us to this ask, seek, and knock, and part of it. So he begins with uh, with, with this, and uh, this is uh, Luke chapter 11, uh, verse 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as, Do- as John taught his disciples. So they'd been watching Jesus for a while. If you know, there's you know ten good chapters up to verse chapter eleven, and then they're like, you know, this guy goes out and prays in a certain place. Maybe when he comes back, we should ask him what he's doing. But he didn't ask about Jesus's prayer life. They go, make us like John's, you know, because you know John's guys were already obviously hustling. 
they, you know, they were, they were some good prayers. And so Jesus teaches them uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer, but it's really the disciples' prayer. And you know it, of course. Uh, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. But thy kingdom come is, is the use me. Because it, it, it brings purpose to our life. And then thy will be done. That's make me, make me like Jesus, right? And it's like, your will be done, not mine. Okay. You know, and then forgive me as I forgive others. That's the mending part because that's what, what Jesus wants to do. So it was all in there. But anyway, so, so he, he tell, he, they, they ask him this question. How do I become a better prayer? And, and that's the question I want to ask you guys. You know, do you, do you want to have an effective prayer life? Do you, you know, do you want when you ask to see things happen? I do. I have a passion for that. I, you know, I wanted to pray on Tuesday and by Friday go, that one was done. You know, that, that, that would be awesome. Right? And so Jesus, uh, says, okay, I'm going to teach you how to pray. Not like, not like John, but like me. And he goes through and he gives them the Lord's Prayer. And then after that, so that's verse four. And then after that, he says, I need, I need to solidify something in your minds about prayer. And he tells this story. All right. And here's, here, here's the parable. He says, then Jesus said to them, this is right after the Lord's Prayer, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. So that's the rest of the story. So a uh, little bit of background on uh, most of the people living at that time, they lived in, in one house, right? One, one, a one-room house. And so everybody was, was asleep. The dogs, the cats, the, you know, it's kind of, if you've been to Guatemala, you've, you've seen a house with one room, and that's where everybody's going to sleep tonight. Uh, the kids, the cats, the dogs, the chickens, whatever, whatever you got. And it says at midnight. So it's, you know, it's sleepy time. And the guy comes over, and he has one friend that comes for a visit at midnight. I always think, you know, I always think about the whole scenario. It's like, I got a friend come to me at midnight, and because they're a hospitable people, it was part of, it was part of their culture that when you had friends over, you had to take care of them. Well, he was out of bread. So he goes, I know what I'll do. My rich next door neighbor, I'm going to wake him up. And so he bangs on the door, and he says, hey, I got a friend that just came for a visit, and I need you to get out of bed, and I need you to get me some bread. And the guy's like... No. <laughs> he says, don't you understand? The door's locked, and my children and I are in bed. Don't wake them up. It took me all night. You know, the, the last drink of water. I got them finally in bed. Uh, you know, don't wake up my chickens. Uh, it's early. Uh, and I can't get up and give you anything. And then I, I love this. He says, uh, I tell you that even though he will not get up and give you bread because of his friendship, 
because of your audacity, your shameless audacity, he will get up. So there, there's a couple things that are, are, are of interest. And I, wa- I want to back up for just one minute about parables. Because a lot of times when you read a parable, you, you, you try to find God in it. Like, okay, is God this friend that, that's not waking up? Uh, or is God in the story? And all parables are to be interpreted by what's being said. Don't put God in there. Uh, a good example of this is, is the, the widow that goes to the judge and she, and she, she, she wears him down until he finally says, okay, okay, okay. And you go, is God like the judge that, you know, do I have to wear God down to get my, my prayers answered? And you all say, no, you know, he's, he's drawing a contrast here. So the, I, the, the beginning of this thing is very interesting to me because he, he says this. He says, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. I, I love going to a friend at midnight because that, that it, it, just, it, it just builds the picture. Because when do you get most passionate about your prayers? When you, when, yeah, when you're desperate, it's 11.59, and if God doesn't come through by midnight, <laughs> I am in trouble. And I just, I, I, I just love that statement at, at midnight, because what, one, of the, one of the ways that God uses for us to exercise our faith is, is allow us to be in times when we have to have passion for, with our prayers. It's not passion for prayer, it's passion in prayer. And as I look at my own life, a lot of times uh, I pray by rote. Uh, does this ever happen to you where you just go, thank, thank you, Jesus? You know, and you're like, did I say that yet? You know, thank you for the food. Thank you for, you know, thank you for these things. And I pray in rote. And what that usually reveals in me, as I acknowledge it, is one, I am grateful, um, but there's not a lot of passion there. And Jesus said, don't spend a lot of time being like others that just, say wrote prayers connect your heart to it and that's what the whole concept when he says go into your closet i want you to get with me in such a way that your heart is connected to me so that when your prayers are really audacious they're really you know what i I love that word uh shameless audacity i mean if, if god said to you today i want you to pray the most shameless audacious prayer what would it be now, most of us have been trained, probably by the devil, what, hold on, <laughs> is to try to minimize our prayers down to, to what God can do. It's like, well, I think God could do this. So, Lord, can you just help me a little bit with this? Instead of in this, and Jesus, you know, he says this, I tell you, because of his shameless audacity, he got up. There's something in there. There's something in there for us. You guys with me? Uh, you know, is there any big prayer in your life that you think that God can't answer? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, nobody's, nobody's confessing. All right, okay. Well, I know there's someone out there. Uh, maybe not in the, in the room. No, and, and I think that's one of the reasons that Jesus said, I, you know, he, he's telling us this. Right at the very beginning is that you can, you know, you can trust me in this thing. Get your heart connected to it and then pray it through. Get, you know, get that thing because he, does he want to see people saved more than we do? 
you know. But what I what I've found is that I, in my prayer life, if I don't have, if I'm not connected in passion, then it's really not true. Um, and I, I'm, as I was thinking through this, it's like I I just see myself um, acquiescing to. You know, it's like, God, I know that you can do this. Um, or, you know, but it's not like, God, I, I need you to do this. You, you could tell that the next door neighbor, you know, his friend, he could smell the bread. I mean, how did he know he had three loaves of bread in there? <laughs> you know, how come he was out? How come, you know, he's like, I think I smelled his bread. <laughs> and he's like, I know you got bread in there, man. And, and, and the same with God. Wouldn't it be great to see, uh, you know, our hearts connected in such a, a passionate way that our prayers would would be audacious, and say, "Lord, what could you do? You know, uh, what what could you do in our lives?" So, back to shameless audacity. Um, the, this word that he uses there, he, he means this unreservedness. And I know in my life sometimes I, re, I I do reserve. I'm like, "Oh God, you're sovereign. If you want to do it, you go for it." You know, because, you know, and, and I, I have many times just gone with the sovereignty of God thing, and it's a cop-out. Because it, it, it's a cop-out. Because, yes, of course God's going to do what he's going to do. Does everybody know that God's going to, you know, God's going to do what he's going to do? All right. Uh, but he asks us, and Jesus is teaching us this, and saying, get your heart in it. What if you asked me and I answered? And so I'm, I'm, of course, speaking this to myself because I'm learning, uh, relearning to pray along with you because I want to see God do amazing things in the earth. He wouldn't say, pray thy kingdom come, your will be done, if it wasn't going to come and it wasn't going to happen. So, all right. So first things first. Um, so we can come to our friend at midnight uh, and, and part of that is just, I, I, want, I want us to get that sense of urgency, that, that sense of, wow, I've got, I, I want this desire to be in me. And I, I don't know about you, but uh, my passion easily dissolves, you know, th- throughout the day. And I, anyway, and, and so, <laughs> you know, it's like, wake up, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready for the day. Lord, I got passion, we're going. I'm like, okay, by the end of the day, it's like, oh, Lord, take me now. <laughs> you, you have free reign uh, over there. Uh, but the, this whole concept of asking, it really is a, it, it is a word that means to beg, to have that kind of like, please do this. It's, it's not something that's just passive. It's like, oh, if it's okay for, with you, we should go with that. And so Jesus, again, is teaching the, the, the disciples right off, I want you guys, every time you come to the Father, to, to connect your heart in such a way that you're like, yes, Lord, let's make this, you know, please make this happen, do this thing, uh, because actually he wants to. And I, and I think the, the coolest part about being a Christian is seeing the miracle hand of God. It's what the world needs, right? They, they need to see it, uh, you know, and we need to see it because sometimes we forget how powerful God really is. So first thing he says is, is ask passionately, emotionally, persistently, you go for it. Um, the unasked prayer, as Doug said, uh, doesn't go very far, <laughs> you know, and how, how, many, how many of us has done that? 
It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, somebody shares a prayer request. And I'll pray for I'll pray for you. That's the unasked prayer. Instead, say, let's do it right now. Let's get this thing done. All right. Number two, uh, I, I just put down here, um, becoming a person of shameless audacity. <laughs> shameless, what? That word just, it, it, every time I read it, it's just, it just kills me. Shameless audacity. You know, I, I, I think we've, we've become domesticated. Yeah, you want to be shamelessly, yeah, have shameless audacity, and, and you know, with God. It's like, Lord, what, you know, make me that person. And Jesus is telling, is, he's putting that in the story and saying, I want you to become less reserved as to what you're asking me for. And, and I, I just, I, I love that. Like, like I said, I think that most of us have, have easily become domesticated. You know, we're we're like good good dog, you know. Yeah, it's like we're we're polite, you know. But but God's recommending that with, with Him you don't have to be. You just you just cry out. You say, Lord, change the you know, change me, change the world, change the you know, do do what you got to do, and then see what happens next, and uh, and that's what happens. Okay. So, uh, so the second thing is becoming that that person of shameless audacity in prayer. Um, in, the, in the story, I, I, see, I would never do this. Uh, you know, Je- Jenny, she's always telling me, we were, we were traveling this weekend for a day, and, and, and I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know when that shuttle's coming. And she goes, well, just call, call the front desk. I'm like, I don't want to call the front desk. I'd, ra- I'd rather just go with the Whatever, and she, and she hadn't heard this message yet. She, she she can now from now from now on she can go have shameless audacity. Just tell those people, send me that send me that 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 thing right now. Uh, but <laughs> but in in life I don't do that, you know, and in my prayer life I don't do that. Right? Just make the call. Say what time is that thing coming? You know, before GPS. Um, you'd have to ask for directions. Now, I'm a seeker, <laughs> right? A seeker is, I'll find it. And uh, before GPS, we, we would just launch out, and we'd get lost, and Jenny would say, ask for directions. And I'm saying, I'm a seeker. <laughs> and we'll get there eventually. Well, we found ourselves in some pretty dark area, dark places. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why God invented the, the iPhone. <laughs> so, and on and on we go. All right. You get the point. I want to encourage us to have passion for shameless audacity in our prayers, because that's what Jesus recommends to us. That's part of the story. And then lastly, uh, I, I just put down here, uh, always hold on to the promise of the parable, which was our sacred reading today. He says this amazing thing. For everyone who asks. See, this is the end of the story. He's like, okay, this guy got what he wanted. And I tell you, you will get what you want if you pray this way. For everyone who asks, receives. And whoever seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. So... 
I've knocked on a lot of doors. I used to do door-to-door salesman. I've also done door-to-door evangelism. Both are heart aching. <laughs> there's a heart aching to, to it because there's a lot of doors don't open. And uh, again, a lot of times our experience try, try to inform us about how we should be in the future. It's like if it doesn't work the first time or the second or the third time, then I guess it just doesn't work. And Jesus is saying here, no, I want you to ask and keep on asking. I want you to seek and keep on seeking. And I want you to knock and keep on knocking because I want to give you the rest of the passage for everyone who asks. Everyone. Who's that? Are you guys everyone? All right. So is there a door that you've been knocking on with God that you need open. All right. And and I, I was even thinking, you know, bigger audacious stuff because I've created a, a prayer pool that, that God could probably handle. You think God could handle it? But I haven't gone bigger. And, you, you know, you can get your own personal life and you say, Lord, you need, you know, I need you to accomplish this. And you can go a little bigger. I can go to, you know, school and church life and say, okay, Lord, go bigger. But we can even go to the world because God has called us to pray in such a way that the entire world changes. You'll get to heaven someday if you pray audacious prayers that are even bigger than your life. And God will say, remember when you prayed, or we got together with those two or three this morning, and we prayed big, I didn't do it right in front of you. I did it over here. Because sometimes prayers aren't directly related to what you're praying. I decided I would take your prayer and do it over here for this person, because I'm the one that likes to partner that way. You know, I think in the spiritual life, a lot of times we, we want a direct one-to-one correlation, right? We, you know, like if we give, we want God to give us something back, you know, that financially. You know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of pre- preachers in the old days, that's what they'd say. Give to God. Can't outgive God. And what that meant is we need more money for the church. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, that's good. And it is true that you cannot give God, but a lot of times people say, okay, well, if you give, then God will give back. And there, there's, uh, Jesus did actually say that. Um, but sometimes it doesn't come back to you. It comes back in another, in another way. So you guys get that? So as we close, what door have you been knocking on? What have you been asking for? Keep seeking. And then we're going to bring it to the Lord right now. In prayer. Sound good? All right. Let's go big. Let's go audacious. All right. Let's go ahead and bow our heads. Father, because you are God over heaven and earth, we know that our small prayers and our big prayers are easy for you. And Lord, as we look at this, just this parable again, how easy it is for you to tell us 
how to have an effective prayer life. Put our hearts with yours. Because you're passionate about what you want to do on the earth. You're passionate about what you want to do in our lives. You're passionate about showing us how partnering with you in prayer changes the world. And yet, Lord, as we, we never get to that second step because we get stuck on our first step, which is the doors that we're knocking on. And so, Lord, as a sign to us today, I ask that as we lift up the, the doors we're knocking on, and as we pray audaciously and say, Lord, you could never do this except by a miracle, that you would say, pray for the miracle then. For those loved ones that we've been praying a long time for that don't know you, Lord, we, yeah, we know. But Lord, audaciously, we ask that you would save them now, this week. We prayed on Sunday and on Wednesday, they said, yes, Jesus. Lord, for those that seem far from God, that we would have that wonderfully audacious life of prayer that says, Lord, bring them, bring them now. For your revival on the earth and your revival in our hearts, we ask that you would do audacious things in our lives. So Lord, we commit them to you and thank you for the promise that everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, that door will be open. And Lord, because we heard it from your lips this morning, we believe in you, we put our faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. I think one of the things, and it'll be the last thing I say, Unless I lie, <laughs> uh, is that as I was as I was looking at this and going back over this audacity, this boldness, uh, I I come back to the reality that I really don't believe God for the big things. I, I it's you know it I don't think what could God do in in its vastness, and part of it's because. You know, I've lived long enough and prayed enough prayers that were like, no, or not, you know. And I'm like, okay, so if you go to your dad and every time he, you know, you're talking about, it's like, well, we go to our parents and every time we ask, you know, you know, we don't have any problem asking. But if every time is no, then it's like, I'm not even going to ask dad anymore. You know, maybe mom, but there is no mom God thing. So, <laughs> so well, unless you're in Santa Cruz. Anyway, where were we? Uh, anyway, uh, but the, just the, the sense I got from the Holy Spirit was to encourage you, go big. We've, we've been trained by the enemy to, to squeeze our prayers into a smaller box. And God's like, get it bigger. You know, who needs to be saved? Who needs to be healed? What part of the word, you know, should we pray that the war in Ukraine ends? Yes, why shouldn't we, you know, why, why shouldn't we, like, go for the whole war, you know? <laughs> you know, why, why, why should we, you know, go, well, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen? Um, so anyway, it, that, that was the sense I got from the Holy Spirit, is, is stop going small. 
go big. So to you, I say go big. Amen. All right, last thing I'm saying. Uh, if you're still watching us, we love you. God bless you. <laughs> we'll see you that joined us online. And thank you all for joining me. And uh, it won't, wouldn't have been just Jendi here this morning. And, and, uh, but we'll have a lot to talk about tonight. What big prayers we'll have. So, Okay, have a great day and a great week if I don't see you. Uh, and have a great day off. If you're some, tomorrow's Monday. Yeah, you can take the day yeah. off. The rest of the church didn't forget. <laughs> so we ha- we have a great pasta meal uh, waiting for us. I think. Are we almost ready, Caesar? All right, my brother. All right, we love you, and we're looking forward to eating. So, thanks, you guys. Let's keep the conversation going, and maybe you want to pray or or pray or. Or uh, share a big prayer with someone in the room today.